friends to worship service at Arsdale Friends Meeting this morning. We're grateful that you've joined in and are sharing this time with us. We read from the Gospel of 1 John, uh, these words in the fourth chapter and the fourth verse. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Said, okay, it's working. So sorry about that little interruption. Um, it needed a little commercial break. Uh, God, the creator of life, uh, of this world, he is in you. And he is greater, and he is better than anything else in the world. So what's in you is a great thing. Just go ahead and seek and look for God, because he's right there with you. He even came to earth as his son who died on the cross and rose from the grave for all of us, and that's who's in you. It doesn't matter whether you're from Archdale, High Point, Raleigh, Milwaukee, Africa, San Francisco, Bulgaria. It doesn't matter where you're from. God loves you, and he's within you today. Just seek him and find him. I do have a couple of announcements to share with you, especially the people from Arsdale Friends. Mother's Day is in two weeks. The Isaac Harris class will be honoring all mothers, both those living and those who've already left this earth. And this will be done by having you send in your name, but your mother's name in particular, to Becky Coltrane. She has an email address, or we can provide that, get that for you if you need it. But just send that information to Becky Coltrane. You can pick up the little flyers here that talk about that, and it'll help you know where to send it. Mothers have contributed a lot to our lives, to our world. They've contributed a lot to Archdale friends and to one another. And so we want to honor those mothers here on Mother's Day, which is just in two weeks. So be looking for further information from uh, our emails that get sent out. And we'll be having Graduate Sunday come up later in uh, May. So those of you who are members here that have graduates in your family, please um, send those names in to the church office because the last Sunday of the month, the 31st, we want to recognize those graduates here at Archdale Friends. And as a reminder, just remember that we do have two other live broadcasts during the week. One is on Wednesday evening. There's a devotional time. That's at 6.30 p.m., and that's from uh, Darlene and I's home or another location sometimes. And on Thursday evening at 6 p.m. is our Young Adult Ministry, our Young Adult Live broadcast as well, and you can join in with them. This morning, uh, we're going to sing together in times like these, the chorus from the Solid Rock, and it'll be up on the screen. So you can follow along, just watch on the screen, and we'll be uh, singing together as Charlene and Becky lead us. Like these, you need an answer. 
standing on the solid rock that Jesus provides us. Let us pray. Lord, we do thank you that we have a Savior because we sure need you. We know you love us. And may that love and that grace and that mercy that you extend to us, may we receive it. And in our own hearts and lives, and activities be able to dispel that to others, to give it to others, not to keep it for ourselves, but to share it. Jesus, in these times that are so different for us to gather, to be with one another, help us to look to you each and every day for courage and for strength and for wisdom for spiritual guidance. God, you're incredible. We love you. Thank you for loving us. Forgive us where we have failed. Correct our wrongs. Heal our hearts and heal our nation and heal our world. And may we keep our eyes focused on our Savior, Jesus Christ. We need you every day, not just during a crisis, but we call upon you now to come, Lord Jesus, and speak to our hearts and give us a peace that passes all understanding. In your name we pray, amen.
that we all love, the old rugged cross. So thank you, Becky, for sharing with us this morning. I've got two things on the um, desk here. Um, these are flowers from the Andrew family. Um, they called yesterday and wanted to know if they could bring them up here, and they uh, gave them to Charlene, and she brought them up and put them on the table this morning. So we thank you for the beautiful arrangement of their irises from their own home. And I brought a picture uh, from my office that uh, Gail Lambeth have given me. It's about two boats, and we'll hear about two boats in our scripture reading uh, this morning when Jesus um, asked Peter to uh, take him out further into the deep and to get him away from shore so he can uh, share um, the message that he had for those that were crowding around him. So I'd like to read the scripture lesson that comes from Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. And again, it's about the interaction between Jesus and Peter and some of his disciples, and when he tells them to lower their nets out into the deep. And the sermon topic is living a legacy. Living a legacy for God. Living a legacy that God has asked us to live after him. So first of all, chapter 5 in Luke, verses 1 through 11. Now it came about that while the multitude were pressing around him, and that would be Jesus, and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake. And he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake. But two fishermen had gotten out of them, and they were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and he asked him to put out a little way from land. And he sat down and began teaching the multitudes from the boat. And when he had finished speaking... He said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered and said, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing. But at your bidding, I will go and let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish. And their nets began to break. And they signaled to their partners in the other boat for them to come and help them so that they began to sink. 
But when Simon Peter saw that, he fell down at Jesus' feet, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For amazement had seized him and all his companions because of the catch of the fish which had been taken. So, and so also James and John, the son of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not fear. From now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Living a legacy for God. How do you want to be remembered? What legacy are you leaving for others to follow? Your family? Your children? Your grandchildren? Your aunts and uncles? What kind of legacy for God are you leaving for them or for others to follow? A legacy requires all of us to obey, to love God, to follow Him, to read His Word and to interact with Him and with those around us. As a teacher, I was so impressed with one of our neighbor farmers up in Indiana where I lived, Byron Fowler. Byron didn't ever speak very much. We hardly had one or two conversations in the 20 years I lived there. He showed a lot by his actions. And one of the actions that I remember that Byron uh, left in my memory was when he planted his crops, whether it was corn or soybeans, the rows were straight as an arrow. He could plant crops straighter than anybody in the county. And he was always bragged upon for that kind of uh, capability and what he left in terms of people's minds of these straight roads. He didn't leave a godly legacy. Byron didn't go to church. But I remember those straight roads. Darlene and I, a few years ago, we had the opportunity to visit a vineyard for the first time. And I remember how straight those rows there in that vineyard were. They were just so straight, meticulously. Were they planted, and were they just in straight rows? A few years after Byron passed, Byron Fowler, I had the opportunity to plant some row crops myself, some corn. I was 13 or 14 years old, and so I learned how difficult it was to plant straight rows. My first attempts were not good. You know, they say you can get more seeds in a crooked row than you can a straight row. And that's true. And I planted many, too many seeds, according to my brother. And it's also very difficult to harvest crooked rows. The machine just doesn't follow a crooked path very well and get in all the harvest. But after a few years of attempting to plant, straight rows, I learned one of the secrets, and that was to stay focused way down the field at the other end at a fixed object. You don't want to look at a rabbit or a squirrel that's going to be running around. You need to look at a fixed object, like a fence post that's straight down the field, or a tree that's straight down the field. Now, I learned that in driving a car, too. You don't want to look right in front of the car. You want to look way down the road, where you want to go. And so in our relationship with Christ, we 
want to see way down the road, where we want to end up, where we want to go. Not so much right around us here in the world. Stay focused on where you want to be, where you want to go. There's a lot of distance sometimes between those two places, but stay focused down the road. Focus on Christ. Focus on scripture reading. Focus on your relationship building. It might be a little crooked from time to time. I know mine has been. But we can stay straighter when we focus on Christ and where we want to be and the legacy that we want to live for God. Make sure that you work on the techniques, work on your Bible readings that are going to get you where you want to be. I'm ever so thankful that God loves me today just where I am and receives me just as I am today. And as I stay focused down the road, I'm going to get closer and closer and closer to living that legacy God wants me to leave others. Trust God. Obey Him. Acknowledge His ways and follow Him. Just love Him. That's really all you need to do. And when you love something enough, you'll want to follow it. you want to be part of it. Charles Wendell wrote several years ago these words. When you obey God, you will discover more of his blessings. Joy, peace, strength, patience. And you'll be able to do what's right in the Lord's eyes. The closer you get to God, the more familiar you understand his ways. You know, as children, sometimes... When we do what our parents ask, like clean your room or clean your plate or put the dishes away, you know, there's a blessing that comes after that. You know, our parents always love us. They always will love us, just like God will always love us. But when we do things that our parents don't like, when we don't obey or we don't follow what they've asked us to do, you know, there's usually repercussions of some kind. And when we get off of God's path, when we don't trust and don't obey, when we don't really live that legacy he wants us to live, it's hard to see and stay focused on that distant point down the road. So try to do what God asks you to do. Receive his love, receive his grace, and receive his mercy, and then spread that around. Don't keep it just for yourself. It is important for one's spiritual life to uproot what's in the world in you. You know, that passage in John that I opened with this morning talks about the ways of the world. We don't want to be a part of the world's ways. We want to be a part of God's ways. So I encourage you to grow God's way. Be obedient to his, Him and to His Word. You know, we all have desires. Many of those desires have been placed in us by God. So follow them. Your appetite for God equals, in some way, your growth 
your development and your closeness to Him. You can walk a crooked life. We've probably all made wrong steps in wrong directions from time to time, but also that path is always there to get back on, to walk and stay focused at the end goal of our lives, which is a relationship deeper than we've ever had before with Jesus. Obedience to God often involves choices that make us unpopular, which can result in rejection and hardships. Perhaps you've had a relationship with someone and you just didn't feel that what they were doing was right, or you didn't care what they were doing. You felt like it was a bad choice, and so you either had to break that relationship a little bit or stand firm and say, no, I'm not going to do that. I want to stay on God's path, and we have to stay on God's path. It's a better way. The founder of Chick-fil-A, you know, he stood his ground and established his business without being open on Sunday. He received a lot of criticism for doing so. Jesus was greatly criticized in his day for his teaching and his loyalty to God and his expressions of love for all, sitting in sinners' homes, eating with tax collectors, being with the unwanted, healing an adulterous woman, saying that she could go and sin no more. That love is offered to all of us. But Jesus was criticized for doing some of those very things. Follow his legacy. We have been for 2,000 years. So keep following what Jesus has left us what God has provided. Obedience requires courage and it requires our strength. Galatians 6, 7 reads, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. So whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. We're talking about your spiritual life. But whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. So when we stay focused on Christ and what he expects of us and sharing that expectation of love and grace and mercy, we will be sowing abundantly in the lives of others. Jesus, what are you sowing spiritually? And how well do you sow God's God in your heart? What grows in your heart? Is it the world? Now, I have a certain affiliation for the world. I want to be able to share the gospel. I want to be able to bring people to know Christ. I want to share his love, grace, and mercy. I have an affiliation and affection for that part of the world that um, is different from being a Christian. I have an affection to be able to um, love them. We also need to have an affection for God so that we can know what he wants us to do. What are you sowing? What are you reaping? John 14, 23 says, If anyone loves me, 
he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. See, when you love and you have an affection for Jesus, you just can't keep it to yourselves. When you obey what Christ wants you to do, you have a greater desire to stay focused on the end goal of life, to know his ways even more. Jesus has a peace to give us even when we are in the world as his followers. He says, I give not as the world gives. And he's talking about a peace and a contentment. God's simple requests are often stepping stones to life's greatest blessings. Simon Peter in today's scripture text is a good illustration of what happens when a person says yes to God, when they obey God, and in that case, Jesus. So let's take a little bit deeper look at today's passage in Luke chapter 5, 1 through 15, because Peter left a legacy for God that others might be able to follow, even you and I to this day. Verses 1 through 3, there was a crowd that was pressing Jesus. He was gathered there by the lake, there to see, and as he was gathered, the crowd kept pressing against where he was standing. And I don't know if Jesus was starting to feel like he was crowding, getting in the water, but he felt a little crowded. The people couldn't hear him well enough. And so he saw these disciples over here at the side working on their boats, working on their nets, washing them. And so he asked, could you put me out in the water in one of your boats? Let's just go out a little ways and the people could hear me better. And so Peter said yes. And Jesus got in his boat and Peter rowed him out a little ways from shore so that everyone could hear. Because of Peter's yes, because he decided to help Jesus, you know, he wasn't even a disciple yet. He had not even chosen to follow Jesus at this point in time. Jesus just asked if he could use his boat. And Peter said, sure. And so there, once they got out on the water, and Jesus began to talk, what a blessing that was to everybody that was there. So because of Peter's yes, a lot of people heard the message of Christ that Jesus was teaching that particular day. And a little bit later, after Jesus finishes his discourse, his teaching, he asked Peter, Peter, row out a little farther into the lake and let your nets down in the deep. And Peter resists a little bit here. He was a fisherman. He'd been fishing all night. He was tired. He could have said no. I, I got things to do, I need to get back to my family, I need to get back to my net washing, but he didn't. He said, because you say so, I will go. And he rode out a little farther, and of course we know the end result of that rowing out a little farther. There was a great catch of fish. It was so large that Peter had to ask the other boat, the other fishermen to come and help 
load all the fish in two boats, and it says, as they went back to shore, they began to sink. So here you have fishermen that were dejected, that were tired, that had kind of given up, and they catch two boatloads of fish. Imagine what blessing Peter and all those other fishermen received from that. Food for their family, food to sell, economic gain. And when they got back on shore, Jesus talked to Peter and some of the other fishermen, and they became his disciples. What a blessing. Just because of a simple answer, yes, I will help you. Yes, I want to be part of you. Yes, I will follow you. One day when Peter and all his buddies had given up, they ended up following the Savior. Obedience in small matters provides essential steps to God's greatest blessings. God wants to bless all of us with peace and courage and strength, with patience, with being able to share his message of love and mercy, of joy, of salvation. He wants us to be able to do that. So keep your focus on the end goal, on the legacy that Christ has left us. Dig deeper into your own Bible study. Share your Bible study with someone else. In these very difficult days that we're experiencing, call someone up and just tell them what's on your heart. Call on someone and share a Bible verse of courage and strength with them. Take a few moments to find those yourself or find others yourself and write it on a post-it note. Put it on your refrigerator. Share the message of love and joy and peace with one another in these difficult days. Lift each other up. Offer times of encouragement and hope. One day, we'll be back here at our stale friends. We all look forward to that day. But we have to keep focused now on where we want to be. What legacy we want to leave our family and our friends. How do you respond to God's call? Would you have said yes if you were Peter? When was the last time you said yes to Jesus? When was the last time you took a step closer? Suppose P Peter would have said, I just can't do this. He would have missed out. Jesus would just have gone on to somebody else. Don't be left out. Blessings often come as a result of one's willingness to do something that appears to be so minute and insignificant. But it all matters. I've heard people say, you know, I'm not very smart. I don't look very good. Or... My brother, you know, he got all the brains. God has put himself in you. You are important to God. 
say yes. Think of the times when someone has blessed you. Maybe they came over and helped you repair a lawnmower or had a cup of coffee with you or maybe they brought a piece of pie or a piece of cake and you just sat down at the table and had a conversation. And it just built you up. So in these times, just take time to make a telephone call, to send a card, and pray with one another. I remember times when one of the members here would just come in the office. Didn't have to even be a bad day. It could have been a good day when they came in the office. And they just picked my spirits up. They just asked, how are you doing today? What can I do for you? And it just gives you encouragement. So be the church. Be the church and help one another. Build each other up. We need it in these days when we don't get to see each other. So take the time to think about where you want to end up in this world, this life. Keep focused and share the love and the grace and the mercy that God has given to you. It doesn't matter whether we're red, yellow, black, or white, whether we live in Asia or we live in Japan or we live in the United States. We should love everybody with the love of God. It doesn't matter if we are any political flavor. We should pray for one another and work together in unity to build up one another, to build up the church, and to build up our nation and our world. Let's put aside our differences and just love one another with the love of God. And I know, friends, that's not always easy. Not everybody likes me. And I try to figure that out sometimes. But that doesn't mean that I should hold a grudge and not love them. Love one another with the love of Christ. When you're obedient to God, you're not going to be disappointed in carrying out his ministry of reconciliation, of love and joy. God will not disappoint. Peter wasn't sure of Jesus' request to put out the nets in the deep water. He just didn't know if it was going to work. He didn't know if it was a good idea. So Jesus takes a tired, dejected, and worn out fisherman and transforms him and to the catch of a lifetime. Because Simon becomes Peter, who's known as the rock, the foundation of which the church was built on. Peter helped establish that. Just a fisherman who said yes in this short passage three times. Obedience is so vital for us when God calls when he speaks to your heart. Your obedience demonstrates to others of God's love and life in your heart and in your living. If Peter would have said no, he would have missed out on some of the greatest lessons that God had for him. And his, his legacy would have looked different. So I'm encouraging you today to obey that call. 
to build the church, to build each other up, to love others with the love of God. Jesus has commissioned us to go and to make disciples. And so we are to go when we can to make disciples. But we have other means of communication that we can use in the meantime. Obeying God results in a deeper understanding of what that legacy means and where we want to go. Do it Monday through Sunday, every day of the week. When you say yes to God, your faith deepens. When you say yes to Bible reading, you grow stronger in your faith. And you begin to understand God's plan for the whole world, not just for us. Don't follow the world. Follow God. Don't worry so much about the ways of the world. Money and greed and more acquisitions and more stuff. Don't worry about that stuff. Be more concerned about your relationship with Jesus Christ. That should be everyone's first priority. So you can leave your own legacy of Christ in the world for others to see. Obedience to God brings a changed life. A life of contentment. A life that is constructed around providing others with the love of Jesus. His mercy and His grace. We have to receive that to be able to give it. So let your nets down in deep water for a catch of a lifetime. A life of deeper faith, deeper trust, and deeper obedience. You will not regret ever saying yes to God. Be the church. Build it up. Build each other up. Monday through Sunday. Respond to God's call. Be obedient to leaving that legacy that God has left us. Our concluding hymn this morning is going to also be on the screen. We're going to sing the first and last verses to trust and obey. Stand up.
Let's have a minute of open worship, and I'll close with prayer. Uh, We'll just have silence, and you can pray at home if you'd like, or just listen to God's voice. Jesus, thank you for living for us. Thank you for dying and resurrecting to be our Savior. May we stay focused on you and that legacy that you've given us that we are to pass on to others. Thank you for the ability to trust and to obey a risen Savior. Be with the hurting, the dying, and the lost those that have this terrible COVID disease, lay your hands of mercy upon them and their families. And grant us the courage and strength, Lord, in these days to be your church, to be your people, to build one another up. Help us to find ways to do that. Again, we give thanks and we rejoice in a risen Savior. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.